That's how you build rivalries, and that's how you build atmosphere. Edwards, three-pointer, it's good! This team is right there with anybody else in, in the country. They are clicking on kind of a different level that we didn't um, that we didn't see this year. Perry for the lead. Oh! He did it again. How is this a personnel issue? Ish? I think I really think it's just a, a player fit. Like I I think, and it again, is. this is this is partially his fault, right? These are his transfers yes. that he brought in, right? But I'm still saying I think this is just a whiff. I think this is just a whiff on you his part. You can't, you can't, it, you cannot whiff with this much talent. And I love Texas Tech. This is home. And I get to stay home. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Zone Star State Podcast. I'm Matthew Bruni, and joining me once again is Ishmael Johnson. Ish, uh... World Cup's going on. You got it on behind you. We we were talking about it off yep. air. Um, a lot of a lot of sports going on right now. It feels it feels like a, a lot of Giants. Like I don't know, a lot of pressure. Like college football is going on, and I kind of I, I don't want to forget it because you know I cover LSU, so you have to be locked in. Yeah. But like it's it's just so much going on right now. Basketball, football, soccer. So much, man. We have, uh, we probably have, I mean, at least in the state, because we recorded our, our college football podcast uh, Tuesday. And we, this is like one of the most consequential weekends we can remember because like UNT is playing for a shot in the conference championship and Rice is playing for a bowl in the same game. And like UTEP's got to play for a bowl. You know, like there's like rent, like top to bottom. Texas still has a shot at the Big 12 if Kansas State loses. So like it's so, I don't know. It's we, and then like you mentioned, basketball obviously recording a basketball podcast there's the world cup just kicked off and it's like geez like nfl it's peak nfl nba yeah. started like oh my god it's yeah, just so NBA. much happening the world cup just like threw like a huge wrench being in the winter just like yo yeah. we're just gonna jump in the busiest time of year exactly exactly and y'all obviously have a uh, high school football as well going like, oh, yeah. third round third man. round oh my god yeah third round so yeah. i was looking at maybe coming into houston for uh the katie game this week but um, okay. scheduled in a line. I think they play on Friday at two. So yeah. it was like, oh, that's all right. But I was trying to hit that before the AM game. So, um, but yeah, AM's not playing for anything consequential except to ruin LSU's season. But mm-hmm. um, that's about it for, for them. But yeah, a lot of, man, we did a podcast. We did the podcast on Friday. Um, that day, there were a couple games. And over the weekend, there were games. There were a ton of games. We're not going to hit on every single team in the state. Um, I'm glad. So we were originally set to record on Tuesday. I'm glad we got – or uh, Monday. It was Monday or Tuesday? Tuesday morning. Yeah. Tuesday. Um, I'm glad we didn't because we got one more tech game during the day. So I'm glad we – you know, we can talk about that. But, yeah, I'm yeah, glad we'll we – I'm glad we got a chance to get that game in. If you want to call it a game. Freaking uh, against Louisville. Yeah, we can, we can, yeah, we can put some context behind that too. Um, but yeah, a lot to talk about again. We're not going to talk about every single game. There were some good wins out there that uh, we're not going to hit on. Um, this isn't, you know, Sports Center ticker here, but we got a good slate of games. And I want to start with Houston versus Oregon. Um, Houston men's basketball, we love them on this podcast. We, I was, you know, saying they're the best team in the country, saying they're the number one team in the country. AP poll came out on Monday. And had them number two, um, but did not account for their Oregon win. 
because I guess it was so late on Sunday, um, which I guess, you know, I understand. But, you know, seeing North Carolina above them when North Carolina still hasn't played, I don't think, a super high level. Um, And Houston getting this win over Oregon 66 to 56. There were times where it was really close and Oregon was giving them fits. And I think we'll cover that. But, man, Houston to go on the road and get this type of win against one of the biggest teams in the country mm-hmm. has basically quelled any concerns that I have had, like any lingering worries that I had about them against size, about them against, you know, an actual, you know, on the road in these settings where, you know, sure. stuff. I'm, I'm just, I love this team. I love it. That's yeah. all I no, I, I definitely agree. Like I loved how, I think in the first after tip off, Houston got the tip, and then they just immediately jacked a three. Like like they basically set up to I forgot who it was, might have been shit or somebody, but they immediately just like jacked a three the moment they got past. So it just shows like the confidence that they're that they have right now. Um, and yeah, like you mentioned, they haven't played a really tough schedule, and so this was like their first, you know, obviously on the road too. This is like their first like really really big test, even though Oregon's unranked, but still really good program, hostile environment, things like that, and. Yeah, man, they just looked really good. I, I don't know, like, the defense is there. The, like, again, it doesn't even matter. The size the size is is there for what it needs to be, right? They don't need the tower. Like, you know, they've never played with that towering shot blocker, right? Yeah. And But we just worried about just the overall uh, the overall size in general. Yeah, without and, Carlton this year. Sure, sure. And But I just love how a lot of these guys, you know, we talk – Houston's concerns always been like consistent shooting you know they rely on that just kind of getting shots up in general and then getting the rebound all that but they're actually like good shooters this year right like Marcus Sasser is a good shooter uh, uh I mentioned uh Jamal Shedd Terrence Arsenault is a is a good shooter like he we could talk about him for 10 minutes yeah look, having Terrence Arsenault and Jairus Walker as freshmen is cheating like that's cheating. Like you, you have your physical machine of a of a of a you know Terminator guy in like in Jarris Walker, and then you have this smooth scorer as as in Terrence in, in Terrence Arsenal off the bench. Like what? That's in I don't know. Adding those guys with this team, they perfectly fit. They're ready for the moment already, and yeah, I'm. This team is gonna be so exciting to watch. Yeah. Um... Jairus Walker goes two of two from three. I will say uh, Jamal said going two of four, and one of those being a late clock kind of heave situation. I, you know, mm-hmm. he's not going to shoot 40% from three for the season, most likely. Right. So um, anything he gives you there is, you know, uh, uh, icing on the cake. But, yeah, mm-hmm. Terrence Arsenault, three of five from three, six of 11 from the field, 15 points, five boards, uh, three steals. They had 13 steals mm-hmm. as a team. <clears throat> and Terrence Arsenault – to be a freshman, to go on the road, and to play with the urgency that he did, but the efficiency that he had on both mm-hmm. ends, I was I was floored, absolutely floored. Yeah. To get Jairus Walker and Arsenal in the same class, like you said, is is staggering. But to go back to our the, the point about or the point that I made earlier about the height, according to Kim Palm, Oregon's the tallest team in the country, number one. In Folly Dante, I saw at the EYBL in Dallas. The only time I've ever gone to the EYBL circuit was in Dallas. <laughs> I saw, you know, Cade Cunningham, you know, Greg Brown, all these guys. And Folly Dante <clears> was there, and I was like, oh, he's going. And I Googled him. I was like, oh, this guy's going to Oregon. It's like seven-footer, 
Just great touch. I mean, I loved his game. I think he's really, really good. Anyway, but they got him. Then they bring Nate Biddle off the men's seven-footer. They're, they place them at the same time together at times. And I'm just like, oh, this is tough. But mm-hmm. And while, yes, I do think there were moments where Houston obviously didn't have the, the size, I think, to completely stop them. Okay, cool. Sure. But Houston doubling the post might be more terrifying than them like just playing straight up with you know a six eight guy versus six eight guy like them doubling the post right. and the quickness they have to cover everybody else on the court mm-hmm. resulted in so many turnovers and it's it's um it just speaks to the defensive intensity um I was just floored by how well they played and how aggressive they were with org with Oregon um you know only forced sixteen turnovers. But how many of those – let me see, points off turnovers. Yeah, 30 points off turnovers. 30 I was about to say, a lot of those resulted in very early – yeah, they were so aggressive in the passing lane. 30 points off 16 turnovers, man. It's just – they are a swarming – they are a swarming team that will just not let you breathe. And, yeah, I wanted to make sure we spent the first however many minutes of this podcast making sure people knew that this is the best team in the country right now. I need, I need, I needed this team to be in 2023 because I want to see Texas versus Houston. I needed it when they're in the Big 12 together. I needed yeah. this, right? This, oh my God, because, you know, a lot, this team, both teams are going to change so much within the next year. Yeah. And I'm, I, it's almost like you kind of hope it just happens in the, in the tournament, obviously. But man, I just, I feel like this team versus this Texas team, what we've seen from them, athleticism everywhere depth yeah improved shooting like i feel it feels like it would just be like a bloodbath wouldn't it like just like yeah. bodies on the floor everybody in the passing lane like oh my god it, the way they the way this houston team like i mentioned had just active hands consistently and then not only that but as we've seen kind of with our respective alma maters that doesn't always mean you're pushing the ball and getting it yeah. <laughs> getting an early shot right but this houston team and i wonder how much of that Oregon size played into it, not getting into half court, you know, and just like deciding, you know, we're going to look for an early shot. A lot of their shots, even when they weren't in quote unquote transition, they were early shots in the shot clock, right? Within the first 10 seconds or so. And so I wonder how much of it was, all right, let's not let them get set for it to use that length in the half court. Yeah. uh, The only, you know, lingering concerns I'd have is if, which, you know, Jairus Walker did have four fouls in the game. If he gets in sure. foul trouble, it's interesting because they have to go to either Cheney. Um, I actually kind of like the minutes Javier Francis uh, gave them. Um, you know, six mm-hmm. nine guy, just a body there, seven minutes. Uh, the front court, yeah, if they depth get is going to be a little trouble, bit. It's a little bit of a concern. Yeah, foul trouble would would make me hesitant about this front court. Mm-hmm. But again, the top end talent they have is is ridiculous. And then, uh, yeah, I will say I. Have not been impressed with Ramon Walker's minutes um, at all. He only played seven against Oregon. I've seen him in er- earlier games. I just haven't been impressed with those. So that those are the only nitpick things that I have at this moment. The did you see the one play from Jarris Walker when he was guarding the inbound pass? And yeah. he so <laughs> it's like the, it's a stupid link on that. No. So yeah, he's guarding the inbound pass. You know how you know like he tips the ball or whatever. Anybody tips the ball goes out of bounds. He tried again. No, no, he tips the ball up in the air, jumps over, basically jumps out of bounds with his arms, grabs it and like swats it off the guy. <laughs> so it's off Oregon. 
<laughs> the yeah. length and the like athleticism to try that is like what yeah. it's stuff that you try and like pick up that never works it's yeah. just like oh yeah let me tip the inbound let me catch it and then let me swat it off the defense and make it out yeah. on them it's just like oh my god this seems fun <laughs> yeah um if we look ahead they'll beat every you know they got kent state norfolk uh st mary's who's a good team but they'll beat them by 30 um right the two games they have left on their non-conference are alabama and virginia um virginia actually has had a really good run we'll talk about i mean them they beat baylor uh over the Mm -hmm. weekend and so we know they're a good team but those are the two games we'll have to see if they can possibly win those games uh, they would be, I don't even know what this is, what, 11-0 going into the conference? And then we know what they can right. do in the conference season. And uh, not not a lot of games there. They won't be double-digit favorites. That's all I'll say for the rest of the way. So, yeah. yeah. And we know what this team can do against, you know, average or decent teams that just blow them out the water. So This team versus Alabama is going to be fun, like very fun. Two insanely good defensive teams. Um, that'll be December 10th, and yeah, I'm excited for that one. And then, of course, I'm curious to see what just they look like. I think they'll be fine against Virginia, but I just wonder what the stylistic clash there, yeah. right? Houston's this hectic team defensively that wants to get in transition, and of course, Virginia with their no middle just like just wants to suffocate you and, and reduce the bit amount of possessions and things like that. So, yeah, um, I would just I would, I, I would love to see the them versus a different looking team, yeah. I mean. Yeah, Alabama to Virginia is about as different as as you can get from a pace perspective. <laughs> yeah, and, um, but yeah, this is probably the last time we'll talk about Houston until that Alabama game. Um, yep. So I have no problem spending twelve minutes on Houston because right. they're going to be number one for for a while. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, they only got eight of the. Again, this was before the Oregon game. They got only got I think it was nine of the. What is this? 50, 56, 60 votes, whatever it is. Um, right. Texas got three. Or five. Texas got five first place votes. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Houston will should be number one for, for a while. Yeah. So all right. Um that was kind of the main game, I think. Uh next, Texas mm-hmm. Tech has they're currently in the Maui invitational. They play Ohio State. I think that's gonna be a really good game today. Uh, Ohio oh, yeah. State looked good. I watched some of that game against Cincinnati. Um, I think Ohio State's actually a pretty solid team, but to start off, Texas Tech lost to Creighton uh, by 11. I think Creighton might be really good. Creighton is really good. First of all, I watched the game I last night. Uh, yeah. yeah, Creighton is Creighton's really, really good. And they just beat they just beat Arkansas by Arkansas. three. Like they're they're looking really good so far. Yeah. I actually thought Who's the uh the uh I forgot his name. because uh, they had Ryan, they have Ryan Nemhard, then they have Baylor Sharman, um, the big transfer. And so it's yeah. like I I did not realize they had Ryan Nemhard on their team. Nemhard um, <laughs> Nimhard's a hooper. Man, yeah, he Nimhard really is. is a hooper. Um, yeah. But anyways, yeah, Creighton is really good. And I didn't watch all this game. This was going on the same time as uh, the U.S. US match. So uh, I did not watch. I was at a sports bar-ish thing. So And it was on, like, the one TV, you know. The rest of the TVs were all on mm-hmm. the, the World Cup, the USA match. Mm-hmm. And, like, I look over and Tech Creighton is over there. And I'm just, like, checking on it a bit on and off. Yeah. And – uh. To me, from what I understand, this was kind of a two-halves thing. Texas Tech's defense was kind of suffocating in the first half, really made Creighton uncomfortable. And then the second half, Creighton, I believe, had zero turnovers and just kind of, you know, 
was perfectly comfortable against Texas Tech. And this is where Texas Tech, I don't remember if we've said this before, how much we've said this or how mm-hmm. we've said this. Texas Tech is an incredibly high floor team. Like we mm-hmm. that's what this team is. They're going to be able to give teams like this problems, but they're not yeah. going to be able to beat them most likely. And there's nothing wrong with not right. being able to beat Creighton. Like this team doesn't have their best player. Fardaz and make is not playing. Mm-hmm. If you look at this roster, I didn't think they were a top 25 team without Fardaz. But here they are, you know, putting up fights. Good. Yeah, putting up fights with Creighton. And if they beat Ohio State, which they very well could beat Ohio State, they will remain in the top probably 20 in the country. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't have a ton of takeaways, but it was good to see them fight with Creighton and then obviously just blow the absolute doors off of a Louisville team. That oh, Louisville is, um, sucks, man. They're so bad right now. Um, Louisville is in a bad spot. They're 0-4. They've lost to Bellarmine, Wright State, Appalachian State, Arkansas, and Tech, which, of course, those last three teams are actually pretty good. But still, like, they are awful. And Tech, it was – if anybody who wants to just, like, get a good scouting tape on Tech, just watch that game, right? Because they're, they're flexing everything they got, right? Dan, by the way, I do want to talk a little bit about Daniel Bacho. Yeah, of course. My boy is hooping right now, right? He is doing Daniel Bacho things that we like saw in little spurts last year as like a shot blocker, as a rim runner, as a rebounder. He's he's bulked up a little bit too. Like he looks like a very different player. Those that one play uh, against Creighton were like oh, yeah. he was in the backcourt and like stole the ball single handedly and like and like got the layup uh, on the other end while he was. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I forgot who I forgot how we got the turnover exactly, but like he was the only one back there. And like yeah. basically got a steal, and I was like, is that, "I was like, is that Daniel Bacho in the back, like in the way in the backcourt?" Well, there was also he, the like, pin against Louisville. Yes, yeah. Oh my freaking... god, that was terrifying. Yeah, yeah, that was like that's one of those. Everybody's had that moment when they played they played basketball where like you underestimate the size or you just don't see somebody like that around you. Where you're just like, oh, "I got that layup," and it's like the ball's just like pinned or just swatted. You're like, "Ah, oh, I, I, I didn't see him." Like, um. But he's taking advantage of like these minutes because they've needed somebody. Obviously, the scoring you know isn't going to be there without Fardaz, but they need somebody to take these minutes inside. And he's yeah, man. If if Fardaz comes back, this lets him not have to be a hundred percent right away. You know, if he gives you seventy percent and just gives you a lot on offense, okay, then you don't you can play him to start off 15, 20 minutes and let Daniel Bacho play ten to fifteen, and you know you're going to get something pretty good. Yeah. Um, stat line is nine points, 12 boards, three blocks, and three assists on mm, two of five shooting. Who, who cares about shooting? He doesn't need to shoot the ball. Um, I was about to say, <laughs> he's yeah, he, he's I mean, we we were high on him last year, I feel like at times. Um, at times it was it was like flashes because it was like we well, saw he what he could do here, and it was so it was like sure, sure, yeah, Bryson, but still, yeah, but it was still like you saw what he could do. But then, like, there was – I think I – think, because I think the thing we were concerned with was defensively, right? Because we didn't know if Bryson Williams would be able to defend consistently. And then Kevin O'Banner is a decent defender, but it was still like, okay, who's that – who's that Santos Silva kind of guy, right? Yeah. Um, that's kind of on the inside. And he showed enough last year. Um, but I think he's just taking – I don't know. He, to me, he's taking just a, a pretty big step forward to be, like, more of a – contribution in, in offense like he's catching lobs now like he's yeah. he's a reliable guy at the rim yeah um about, oh by the way pop isaacs too i need we need to talk about him too he's if pop isaacs is on this team last year 
like that team is dangerous because they he is somebody who's a he's a really good shooter and he's somebody who I was wondering if he can keep this going that pace and he's still shooting what plus 40 basically almost 50 percent from three yeah he went four or five against Creighton yeah I mean again I did not uh, watch the full Creighton game so I don't want to yeah do too much on it but uh I'm I'm you know, Davion Harmon is still the guy that they are playing either the most minutes. He's taken mm-hmm. either the most shots or second most shots on most games. He's been good early in the season, went six to seventeen against Creighton, um, three assists to only one turnover is good. But like, I'm I'm just just gonna be interested to see how Davion Harmon continues to evolve because they they have some pieces around him to where he's not the pressure isn't as much on him as maybe we thought sure. it would be. Um, yep. But yeah, that's, I mean, it's another. This is the week where all the good teams all play each other, and then they go back to playing, you know, Nickel State. And so right. I'm looking at tech schedule. For conference play. Yeah, I'm looking at tech schedule, and it's like, all right, I don't know when we're going to talk about them next. Uh, they play Georgetown in a, a week from today, so maybe, but I think they should beat them easily. And then they got a bunch of uh, low majors, and then conference starts December twelve, uh, December thirty first. So um, we'll mm-hmm. see. But yeah, it's a, I think we're I think we're at a good place with Texas Tech. We know what they are, we know what they're not, and you know, there shouldn't be any surprising results before conference play at this point. Again, the the Ohio State game today will carry some weight mm-hmm. with me, but um as far as far as the rest of the schedule, non-conference goes, uh, I think we should be in a good spot for them. Yep. I will um also I, you got me sorry, you got me go thinking. Ahead. Uh I don't think I've ever had my shot pinned before. I don't think I've ever been pinned. Today. Really? Now Okay, okay. I've gotten pinned and I've gotten swatted a couple times. I say that. I mean, swatted, yeah. Everyone's been swatted for sure, yeah. I mean, yeah, Yeah. I've had my shot sent to the freaking wall before, but pinned (laughs) is like a different animal because pinned is just – Pinned's demoralizing. Pinned's demoralizing. You kind of think like once you're near the rim, you're good. Like like the layup, you know, you get the little little layup, just kiss under the glass, and you think you're good. Right, it's like I, you know, it's goaltending. If they get it, I'm, good. and then you just, oh, the ball just stops. It's, it's not fun. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think of it, Ben. But that's a funny. I was thinking about that it's for like two minutes after you said it. And, uh, <laughs> it's not a fun. I also don't go to the rim a ton. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not. I'm over here. I'm JJ Redick. You know, I'm. I get with. Listen, well, again, I think that's. My, I think that was my problem. Good. Is that I don't either. Right, I don't either. And so, like, I probably I don't go up strong enough no. because I'm just like. Because I'm just like, oh yeah, I, you know, I don't, yeah, I'm just like, I, I'm, I'm in no man's land, right? I'm in the paint. This isn't where I, this isn't where my game is. So, <laughs> so I'm just like, I, I see the rim. It's like I just go, and then you're just like, oh, there's, I should have, you know, if I was any, if I was somebody who got to the rim at any consistency, yeah. I'd know to do something, adjust a little bit, and I'm just like, nope, this is a layup line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I get, I get, I don't want to say I get scared, but I do the reverse or. I'll, See the thing is, if I see a shot blocker, I just pop the little floater uh, that I've right, had right, yeah, yeah, eleven. Yeah. So yeah, I, I have, try not. You have better to, awareness than me. Yeah, you have better awareness than me. Killed, but yeah, that's uh, I thought about that for a while. All right, I'm sorry. What were you gonna say before I cut you off? Um, I feel this game really. I didn't realize how bad Louisville was. Oh, dude, I got a text. I got a text from one of my friends. Said I'm not sure Louisville scores thirty, and this was halfway through the second half. And yeah, I think Rothstein tweeted something about Louisville too. Like something, let me see, I have to ch- double check, but it was, they're so bad. They're like, I feel bad for um, Kenny Payne. Like, let me see. Yeah, Louisville, it's their lowest scoring output in 50 years. Yeah. 
I mean, everybody says oh they just didn't God. recruit any guards. They don't have guards on this team. So, I mean, right. That's, yeah, that's and kind of a, I mean, there's a reason why Chris, there's a reason why Chris Matt, you know, got fired. Um, yeah. And, not you know, good. it's just got to hit a hard reset. Yeah. Not good. Um, real quick, I want to talk about Texas. Uh, tech, well, SMU. SMU has lost three out of four. Um, they're down to, I think, 150 or so, and Ken Palm maybe lower at this point. I watched the. Basically, we, we came on after the Dayton game, and I felt good about this team. Then they get blown up by New Mexico. They beat Evansville by eight, and then they lose to Louisiana, a Louisiana team that is not bad, but a team that I thought they would beat, that they I think they have more mm-hmm. talent than. And they lose in overtime, and I watched the like last five minutes and overtime, so I watched about ten minutes of it. They don't have a point guard. Like, Zurich Phelps isn't a point guard. There's a lot of flaws with this team. That's what I'm trying to say. I don't know. It's like, mm-hmm. individually, I like Zurich Phelps, FAODG, yeah. Zach Nuttall, Samuel Williamson. Like, I like these guys. And uh, Stefan uh, Todorovic. A, they have no depth behind them. All of those guys yeah. played over 30 minutes. And obviously, it was an overtime game. So, 32-plus minutes for all five of those guys. But still, sure. you look at the bench, and you're getting – I mean, what the bench combined for four shots from four different players, so everybody shot one time. Like I thought, uh, Keon Ambrose Hilton would be better. Um, there's just <laughs> players here I thought maybe would impact the game more. They don't. So you're those are your five. You got five guys you're playing, and it's like Zerge Phelps has to be the point guard. He ends the game with five five assists, two turnovers. He went eight of twenty three from the field. Fadj went eight of seventeen, and I didn't even feel great about his post touches. Um, <laughs> I don't. I just. It. It doesn't. It doesn't look the way Matt. I. It was in my head. In my head, it looked a lot more fluid with, a, just all, all the talent they have. I thought Samuel Williamson would be a little bit more better, effective as a scorer at this point. He's not. Um, and yeah, I just. I, I don't. It doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good. That's my. my yeah, I, I think one. Yeah. The thing that concerns me is that. I like again. I, I'm like you. I like Zurich Phelps a lot. Yeah. I didn't think he would have to take like nearly twenty shots. Like it feels like he's taking so many shots a game, oh, right? Well, late in the game, and, it was like just yeah. give it to Zurich and let him try to just drive and create. And he turned the ball over twice in key situations. I'm like, all right, guys, we got to do taking, something. You can't dribble your head down. More shots. <clears throat> he's taking almost thirty more shots than Zach Nuttall this season. Like, that's not what I thought this would be. Um, granted, Zach Nuttall's playing a lot better because obviously last yeah, year he was not good. great at all. Um, he's been really good this year. But it's like, man, I don't know. Like, yeah, if you, I don't know if this is like a, I don't know if this is a direct, you know, uh, part of a game plan for for Rob Lanier or whatever, but they're just not, yeah, it's like, one, they're definitely, they're way too shallow, right? They're six players deep. Um, and that's kind of it. And they're just living and dying off of what Zurich Phelps and, and Zach Nuttall can do. Yeah. Um, Samuel Williamson, part of me wants to think it's just rust. You know, he's he hasn't played, he didn't play a lot of minutes, um, despite being a high level recruit, but he's he's rebounding fine. He's you know, he's defending fine, but it's like yeah. you're kind of waiting for that 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 athlete to come out that we saw in Rockwall. Um I don't know, man. Yeah, I'm I'm a little concerned now. Um, they have two interesting games coming up. One against Lamar, who again, heavily favored, but AM is the one I'm interested in because AM does not look good right now. And uh, this is kind of a what's that mean? They're having a mid off, right? <laughs> like a mid off, yeah. That's a and this is this is gonna be the game of the week over here. When, when, Wednesday, November thirtieth. 
We're going to yes. leave the podcast with that. Whatever happens in that game, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Look, I'm saying because Adam got the brakes beat off them by Colorado. And then they had to come back and beat Loyola yeah, Chicago, Loyola. thank God. But thankfully, I'm, I'm t- like that. I don't like whoever loses. And like if, if AM or SMU wins by double digits, I'm like, okay, trash that other, that losing team, right? Yep. Trash them. They're out. If AM loses at all, loses at all, I'm, I'm out. Fair. No, it's fair. If yeah. it, yeah, AM's been a very underwhelming team so far this yeah. year. Um, yeah, that, that's an interesting game. That's interesting. But that's it on SMU. I just wanted to, to talk about them because I was frustrated yeah. watching them lose to UL last night. Sure. Um, Baylor, we did our podcast Friday morning. After that, I watched um, watched them play Virginia that night uh, in a really good game. Virginia pulls away late, 86 to 79. I left with a lot of thoughts and then Baylor bounces back and beats UCLA 80 to 75. I watched both of these games. Um, mm-hmm. I'm trying to like think of a way to combine them, like my overall takes in these two games, but they were different in so many ways. Like in the first game, Keontae George goes for 20 points on six of 15 shooting. I thought he was, I mean, you just see the potential. He's just dripping with potential. Like he's going to be a, a lottery pick in the NBA. If he continues mm-hmm. to play at this level, he's awesome. But then against UCLA, he, he, you know, does nothing pretty much. And so you're like, okay, right. which one are we going to get? LJ Cryer and Flagler step up in a big way against UCLA, and that's what you want to see. I think Cryer goes for 28, Flagler goes for 22. Like these are the guys, whenever things get tough, they're going to create, they're going to make shots. They're tough, tough guards. So, you know, they they were very different games, uh, mm-hmm. those two. But overall, I leave feeling still pretty good about this Baylor team like obviously a win over UCLA is huge um and even Virginia I think if they play that game again I think they beat them personally yeah maybe I'm I think wrong. they'll do I, 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 I think you're right I think you're right there I don't know I think these <clears throat> these um uh these tournament games are always kind of weird you know neutral sites kind of weird scheduling things like that so I don't I don't take too unless we get like a like a, a, a one-sided result, right? I don't like to take too much from them, aside from like small little notes. Um, but you know, also early season still. I'm, I don't know. I'm I'm perfectly fine with Baylor right now. I'm not too too concerned. I will say Virginia looks a lot better than I think that I thought they would. Yeah, um, good. so far this year. So yeah, I think uh, I think that's probably my biggest takeaway is that I think Virginia is actually really good this year. Yeah, Virginia and Creighton have have surprised me a little bit they've been really good um the, the, the only thing i'll add um i feel a little bit better about the depth baylor has than i anticipated and dale mm-hmm. bonner you know he's not gonna light the world on fire but i think he's a really solid sure. bench guard um mm-hmm. caleb loner i actually like a lot and i wasn't mm-hmm. sure if i'd like him but uh he really showed out in the ucla game i thought he played 26 or 22 minutes in that game Three or four shooting, five boards. Um, I thought he was just really solid. He's just a really solid player for them. Um, and then they have Josh. Um, I can't say his last name. Ojin Ojin Ojinwana. Okay, there you go. Um, I call him big. I just call him Josh. Kind of like I did, with, you know. Kind of like how they did with uh, Jonathan Chawachachua. They just called him Big John. I just call him right, Josh. Right. I just call him Josh. Um, anyway, big Josh, big, big homie. Big, 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 <laughs> That's the big, big homie. Big. Um, 
I, I think I, I was skeptical of him, but if he if he's in a 10 minutes per game role, I actually really, really yeah. like him. So you know, it all it's all kind of coming together. We we want Langston Love to to be that player he was out of high school. It's it mm-hmm. looks like he's still trying to get back from that ACL. Um right. so you know, I think anything that he gives you is icing. But um yeah, I think I, I feel better about this team's overall depth. I will say they need Jalen Bridges to be better. They need Jalen Bridges sure. to be better. They need I, I sure. thought he's he's gonna be their guy on the wing because you know Adam Flag um Flagler, Cryer, and George, the backcourt set. You're, you're gonna have those guys on the court. Bridges needs to be that hybrid four guy that can defend, shoot, and just kind of plug all the holes. And I don't know, he hasn't quite been that yet. Mm-hmm. That's that's my concern. But that's other than that, I think they're good. They're top ten teams still. They're gonna be fine. They'll get better as the season goes on. Um, they got they got uh, Gonzaga on December second. So on so we'll we'll be tuned into to that for sure. Mm-hmm. But then after that, uh, Baylor plays on December sixth. They play Tarleton, and um, chaos our, ball. Our Tarleton boys can play some basketball. Damn it. This team, they are. This team yes. is good. This team I love is good. It. I love it. I love it. Are they? They're, let me just read. They're catching on. They're catching them. on nationally. They're we talked about them nationally. after they lost. After they lost to Arizona, Arizona State by three in a game that they very well could have won. Right. Yeah. They played in the Paradise Jam tournament, and if you just look at the tournament bracket, or I actually did this this morning. I looked at the bracket just off of names alone. Like if you just hand this to a college basketball, you know, casual fan. You're like, okay, who is, you know, you know, Howard's in here, Wyoming's in here, Tarleton State's in here. You're, you're thinking like, okay, Tarleton State's probably the, the least known name of this group. A, a, a tournament that includes Boston College, Belmont, George Mason, Drake, Buffalo. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, that's a, that's a pretty good bracket. That's a really good bracket for mid-majors. Right. They beat Belmont 89-81. They beat Boston College 70-54. to And then the championship game, they lose to Drake. 71-64. Obviously, Drake is a very good program. They played in the championship game of that tournament-ish. Like, this is this is, this is is a team that we have to actually look at in the whack and be like, who's stopping Tarleton? Right. Who is what is their – yeah, like, how do you match up against them? Like, because of their – their their kind of their uh, – their style of play, I, I call it I'm, – I'm dubbing it chaos ball, right? Like, I just like – Force turnovers, make a, they kind of risk a lot in offense because they turn the ball over themselves, get to the line a ton, but they also because of the way because of their aggression they also foul a lot and yeah. like get they get they give up a lot of free throws. So it's like how do you game plan for that? It's like all right, we're gonna hold on to the ball, we're gonna stop them from getting fouled, and we're like it's like it's, it's a little weird. I don't know. I respect it so much because like on paper you're like, how do you game plan? Like you can't like we'll take away the three. It's like no, they they're awful at shooting a three. You don't need to do that. Like it's like I don't know. Like, they're gonna go five and nineteen from three. Don't worry about that. They're not they're not shooting. I was, well. I was about to say like by the way, we're definitely not shooting the three well. And no one if you're playing Tarleton, no one's shooting the three because <laughs> like they can't shoot and they'll stop you from shooting. Like there's just like no one's shooting from the three. I can't. I can't. Team. I can't. I can't. Dude, I don't know. Look at these box scores. They forced. Okay, right? Let's start with the turnovers. Let's start with the turnovers. Let's start with the turnovers. Yes, yes, yes. They forced um, Belmont 
and a Belmont is again a, a very 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 good program for those mm-hmm. who who don't know Belmont. They forced twenty one turnovers on Belmont. They forced yeah. twenty turnovers against Boston College. They forced seventeen against Drake. The craziest yep. thing to me, the craziest stat in all of this, is if you look at their free throw numbers against Belmont, they got to the yeah. line forty nine times. <laughs> They shot 13 threes the entire game, 49 yep. free throws. They had 13 offensive rebounds. They had they had 15 turnovers themselves. They had more turnovers than assists themselves. They had 11 steals. It's it's the most mind-boggling team. I love it. I statistically love it. in the country. So they, against Arizona I'm, I'm just going to read off their their for, through their games. Against Arizona State, 32 free throws. Against Boston College, 25 free throws. And then you mentioned the Belmont game, 49. Against Drake, measly 24. <laughs> they just – it's say, chaos ball. I'm telling you, Tarleton chaos ball. That's what I'm calling it. It's, 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 it's a thing. I don't care. I'm – I want to put – I want to put – I want to have the confidence to say they're winning the whack. I don't care. But I can't. But – I think they're definitely going to be like a top five team this year, just because hey. of that. Yeah. We we saw this team last year, and we're like, oh, there's little kernels of something here. And now they're like, oh no, I think this is actually like a fully realized team doing what they want to do. Craziest thing again, if you look at their Ken Palm, it's literally either yeah. bright green or red, bright green, red, bright green, red. Like they have. <laughs> they're seventh in the country in turnover enforcing turnovers. They're second in the country in free throw attempt rate. But they're also almost last in opponent free throw attempt rate. Like basically, their games come they down to so many free throws. Who can who can make free throws? That's that's what it is. That's that's really what it is. They don't. They're in the yes. bottom twenty of the country in three point attempt rate. Um, they don't even make threes. They shoot twenty eight percent from threes. So they don't take or make right. threes. They just free throw line turnovers. That's that's just uh, what a team. Just what a team. It's they're amazing. up to one fifty six yeah. in, in Ken Palm though. So yeah, man, what a team! Watch out, watch out! Yeah, yeah, watch out, Wichita State. They play Wichita on Saturday, man. Wichita is um better be scared for that mm-hmm. one. Um, all right, that that's all the men's games we got. Uh, yeah, we've yep. spent thirty seven minutes on them. Uh, the women's the women's slate's interesting because we have injuries that are like looming over everything that we want to talk yeah. about. And it's so like a huge, I don't know, it's like an asterisk, but it's also not because like yeah. Baylor is going to have to deal with this for a while, you know, yeah. like for the let's, season probably. Let's start with Texas. Last okay. time we talked about them, they lost to UConn in a really good game. Again, no Rory Harmon. We thought maybe Rory mm-hmm. was back. They played in the Battle for Atlantis tournament. Rory is not back for that, was not back for that tournament. They lose to Marquette by seven. They lose to Louisville, who the number you know, six or team in the country. They lose to them by eight. And then they beat Rutgers by 40. So really, we have two results to talk about here, and that means they've lost three straight games. I don't know. I don't know. I'll let you go. I don't. I don't know what to say because it's. I don't know how to evaluate this team without Rory Harmon. It feels like a team that right. was around Rory Harmon with shooters, scores, posts, everything here screams out. And now, we need a point guard. no playmaking. <laughs> yeah, everything here screams. We need a point guard, and your point guard's right. Open. So, yeah, I, I think know. I think I will say um, Alexa Philippou said for ESPN said that she she was still in the walking boot as of their last game, but I did see a KV reporter. I, I 
should credit him on Twitter. He did say Vic Schaefer says she should be expected back. So maybe that was uh, it, for the next game. I mean, um, so I don't know if that was precautionary, just kind of like, you know, it, if she's on it, walking around, you know, consistently just to kind of treat a little bit more, um, wear the boot. So I don't know. I've had, I've seen like that she's been in and out of the boot. So I wonder if it's like, hey, if you're walking around the court, you know, pregame or whatever, wear the boot just to be safe. Yeah, you don't uh, want you're just stepping like, on your foot or something. Right, right. So if you're just on the bench, though, you're fine. So maybe that's the thing. Um, so I don't know. Vic Schaefer says she should be back for the next game. But again, foot injuries, somebody like Rory Harmon, who's very explosive and active, like, you know, how, how well is she going to come back right away? Um, but even though this team was built around Rory Harmon, I can get it. I mean, we still thought this team would be overall better, right? Like, yes. That's my thing. And I think that's the thing that even if she comes back, I wonder, I don't know. My concern would be now you have to have her for the rest of the year, right? Now, like now she cannot miss any more time if she comes back because we know what this team lacks without her. It becomes a uh, team built around Sonia Morris and Aaliyah Moore. Two uh, mm-hmm. good team, good two two good players. Uh, right. Need to see more from Shayla Gonzalez. Need to see more from Taylor Jones overall. Again, this is generally speaking. Shay Holly went mm-hmm. two of ten from the field in the Marquette game. So the freshman whose name I cannot pronounce, um, number thirty two, in in Jekyllenia, in I said that kind of good. Um, I was about to say the first. You said the first name great. Inja, Inja I'm, not attempt, I'm not gonna attempt last name. I'm not gonna disrespect it like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I don't want to do that. Uh went to uh, but two of ten, but she's not she shouldn't be taking ten shots, you know. She had right. nine boards, that's kind of what she does. I don't know. It, it's again, it's a lot of pieces right now, and I don't love it. it this feels like how SMU men's feel like. This is this mm-hmm. Texas team without Roy Harmon feels like SMU men's team. It's just like a bunch of pieces that are good. But it doesn't. It lacks cohesion and direction. I don't know. That, the, thing, the thing for me that I'm really seeing, and I, I don't know how much is fixed for Maury Harmon or if this is just the makeup of the team. They're near the bottom of the country in three point rate. They don't shoot threes. Like there are three players on this team that shoot. Is that a Vic Schaefer thing? Do you think that? I think that might be a Vic Schaefer thing. But I also wonder, like, how much of those just like. <sighs> Yes, I don't think. Trust me, I think they'll be bottom ish in the, like bottom half of the country with with even with the Roy Harmon. But I just wonder how much like they're just not shooting them right now, right? And I wonder how much just changes if they just have somebody crashing the lane consistently and getting inside. I'm not saying they instantly become Iowa State or anything, but I just wonder how much because right now I'm trying to think. Let me see. I have their numbers up right here. They have four players who have attempted a three <laughs> this year. Um, Sony Moore, Shaley Gonzalez have attempted five and a half and three and a half, and then Shay Holly is almost three. Well, okay, you have those are your that's your guard play right now, right? And so, like, if your guard play is also your outlet of three, like Rory Harmon's not going to shoot a lot of threes. Yeah. And so, like, if you have somebody, if you have her working on just getting inside and kicking the ball out, you're also not having to worry about your main playmaker being your main three point outlet because, yeah, right now it's Shaley Gonzalez and Shania, Sonia Morris combining for eight attempts a game and it's like okay add somebody in there who's not gonna also be a shooter to contribute to the yeah. playmaking and maybe set up some different shots well look they went five and nine from three against marquette 
I was about to say, they're not going to shoot a lot anyway. <laughs> what's what's the saying though? Is as a shooter, you should never end the game at fifty percent. Or I mean, a lot of, a lot of people say forty percent. Like you should be mm-hmm. shooting if you're shooting fifty percent from Enough. three, you should be shooting more. You shoot more, right? Right. You shouldn't be ending games five and a half from three as a team. Like that's pretty. Right. I don't know that for me. I the other thing I will say, the other thing that's really concerning, and it shows their their lack of their lack of real ball handling or playmaking rather, is they're also near the bottom of the country in turnovers, like turnovers per game and turnover rate. Assists, they're actually pretty okay. Their assisted shots, I think they're one ten out of three sixty one, right? They're their upper half without their best playmaker um, in terms of setting up shots. I think fifty it says fifty eight percent of their shots are assisted, which is good, right? Yeah. But Turnovers, 19 turnovers per game right now. That is bad, really, really bad. And that's somebody, that's a team, like you mentioned, that is a team that's built around their best playmaker and not having their best playmaker. (laughs) Yeah. The Baylor women, the we talked on Friday, we said that Maryland might blow them out. What do we Mm -hmm. know? Oh, my goodness. And... I don't want to say almost beats them, but puts up a mm-hmm. fight with Maryland. Um, and Sarah Andrews puts up 25. Um, Little Page Bugs puts up 16 and 12. Bickle adds 10. Uh, Jay Owens adds 9. Jamie Asbury in 34 minutes scores 2 on 1 of 9 shooting, mm-hmm. um, which just, you know, can't happen. I uh, can't yeah. have 2 points from your – again – Without, uh, they they didn't have Drayana Edwards in this game either. So uh, no Drayana Edwards, mm-hmm. and um, obviously, uh, without um, Asia Blackwell, without Asia Blackwell, Asia Blackwell yeah. for the season, you, you need those guards to, to play. Now the yeah. hope is that Drayana Edwards' injury is not serious, and that, that they can get her back in a relative time period. Uh, you know, it'd be great if they could get her back. They play in the uh, Gulf Coast Showcase with some decent teams. Mm-hmm. Villanova's in there. Um, so they're going to probably, if they could get her back, that'd be great. But still, uh, it's an admirable effort. Mm-hmm. I never want to see one of those two guards score two points in 34 minutes again. But overall, yeah. they, they, they hung in there. They hung in there. This is, I mean, this is what, yeah, this is what we need to see from Sarah Andrews though, if Asia yeah. Blackwell's out, right? Like she, yeah. she, some of the shots she was taking were very like confident shots. Like, all right, we need somebody to like early in the shot clock, top of the key, you know, just like even hand in her face. And she's like, I'm taking this. And she, it's a step forward we needed to see. Um, and if, if they can get, I'm not saying she's going to do this every night or average 24 or anything, but if she can get them 15, right? Yeah. Like they need, again, they need somebody just to put up these shots and have this confidence um if asia blackwell is going to be out for you know probably the season like like uh, uh nikki collins said potentially um i i don't know i i was in terms of in terms of her performance i was like okay i like i, th- I think this is something right i think this is potentially something here yeah um i don't have too much else on them i think we'll see you know maybe in the tournament i we really same thing with texas you can't evaluate this team without their best player um or one of their best players on the court. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't have anything else here. If you do, uh, we got one more team to talk about, and it is our beloved UTSA women's basketball team. Let's go, beloved. <laughs> uh, next podcast, we'll, we'll probably 
start digging a bit, uh, digging yeah. past our favorite teams. But um, hey, man, UTSA at this point in the year has played SFA, TCU, and Abilene Christian. So if you want us, if you want us, uh, Texas basketball podcast to talk about you, play Texas yeah. schools, good Texas schools, and we will talk about you. Yep. I promise. Uh, they beat Abilene Christian, and I think Karen Aston tweeted this that it was, you know, kind of a landmark victory for this program. Yeah, hey. I mean, ACU, they're not what they used to be, but ACU is a good mid-major program. And, again, if you take in the first two games with how well they played SFA, with how well they played TCU, both on the road, they come back home, they take care of business against Abilene Christian, it had to feel like a moment to where, like, this is our breakthrough kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like, we were so mm-hmm. close these first two games. Last year we were so close in a lot of games. And then to come through and get this win at home, and I think it just sets up well for them. I This is going to be a really, really tough team. And I will say, you know, they play Texas State in a week. I think I'm really interested in that yeah. game. Really interested Very in that game. Again. When you, can win, when you can beat a team like ACU and, and Jordan Jenkins is your lowest scoring starter, yeah. you only have nine points in that game. Yeah. You're, you're, you're okay. They're about nine, eight or nine deep. Yes. And, yeah, this team is fun, man. I – I mean, full credit. We're, it's good. To, it's 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 so cool to see. Like we were high on them, but we were like, ah, what is the step they're going to take? And seeing them really take that next step, just overall, has been really cool. Now they play in a really tough little Las Vegas Invitational. Missouri State is usually a really really solid team. I, I remember last year they played LSU played them last year, um, and then mm-hmm. they played in the tournament. I think it's an eleven seed Missouri State was because uh, they mm-hmm. actually played at LSU in that regional. So. Yeah, Missouri State's going to be really, really tough. I assume they might be the best team they play in their non-conference, just scanning it. I yeah. Mean, you know, probably better than SFA. So, yeah, Missouri State will be a tough game. St. John's, I don't know how good St. John's is. And then Texas State next week. So, um, yeah, we, we will continue to have plenty to talk about with UTSA uh, women oh, if yeah. they continue to you know get some results here where they win games. Yeah. Uh, one team, that the last team at least I wanted to hint on was – a team we had a lot of questions about heading in. They're unbeaten. 4-0 UTEP so far. They just beat Texas State in overtime. Yep. And they're going to, I believe, the Holiday Classic, Holiday Beach Classic in California with San Jose State and uh, Sacramento State. Their schedule hasn't been the hardest, right, Texas State, but that, that's why the Texas State result kind of matters. That was the, yeah. the best team they played so far. We had no idea what to think of this team, really. Um yep. Obviously, they kind of remade the roster seemingly overnight. And so far, so good. Nia Boyd's coming back, averaging uh, 13, uh, 13.7. jay Jackson's not having to be their dominant scorer. She's kind of – they're av- basically like the six players are averaging like double figures, more or less. And yeah. so, like, she's one of them, right? She's like 11 points, not the leading scorer, but not, you know, not a bit player. Um Something to watch. Just something to watch. It's I'm very, I'm fascinated to see what else this UTEP team could do because I'm wondering if last year was just needing, I don't know, just needing Kevin Baker, just needing just to tear it and just be like, you know what, we just need new voices all around, right? Sometimes that just happens if you're players who've been together for a while, you get tired of hearing the same coach. Your coach yeah. is like, no, I'm not getting through to these players, and he just needed to just like rip it all down. Yeah, it's – um. I I like this team on paper. I think we said going into the year. I mean, I was pretty high on them. Mm-hmm. I feel uh, Nia Boyd, uh, Elena Arike, uh, Adele Tech, uh, leads them in rebounding. 
Mm-hmm. It's it's good. To, it's a team, like you said. We got to see some some new uh, competition here. What's their schedule? Sure. Um, I got I San Jose State, Sacramento State, and then New Mexico okay. State. Uh, then oh, then yeah, then they only the conference play right away. So. Okay. So okay, they can reel off some wins here. Uh, I don't mm-hmm. know how good New Mexico State is this year. Um, right. Exactly, but that's always an interesting game. But still, yeah. it's going to be weird how, like, they could potentially go into conference play unbeaten because, like, there's no, like, there's no, and maybe they set it up that way to have, you know, like, not yeah. a new team. You're not going to necessarily play Baylor, you know. Yeah. Um, but still, like, if all of a sudden you're looking at an unbeaten UTEP going into conference play. Okay, now it's, like, makes us pay attention, right? We at least have yeah. to figure out what this team is. And the weird, th- and not the weird thing, but the thing about Conference USA is it starts earlier because they play two extra games. They play 20 conference right. games, so they start December 18th. For conference, God, so, so yeah, that is very early. Um, yeah, I'm not as early as the Middle Tennessee and Rice game, which was the second game of the year. And it was like a right. conference game. Were you? Hey, it like, helped you out. You you knew you were going to be out on Rice. It's true. It did help. Did help me a lot. Um, yeah. Uh, real quick, t- your Texas State men bounced back and beat Cal. So, I, I don't. I'm. I'm. I don't know what to say about them. There, yeah, it's I mean, cow's not cow's not great. Doesn't matter. Um, it was a bye game. Yeah, no, I was about to say it was a bye game. So we got the John Rothstein uh, cow loses a bye game, the epitome of brutality tweet. Yeah. So we've gotten they've gotten two. Texas State's gotten two John Rothstein tweets this year. So I'll take it. <laughs> I think because it it they beat Rhode Island too, and so that was yeah. a bye game. So I was uh, I don't care. They they have two losses, but they have two Rothstein tweets. So that's that's a, that's a, that cancels out to me. <laughs> Cancels out. Uh, also, UTSA men beat Prairie View uh, last night uh, by that seven. One was, so I was keep I was keeping sly just a little track of that one. UTSA was in control most of that game. Yes. Um, but I knew I I just knew that it, the way Prairie View plays, they were just going to be able to make it interesting towards the end. Um, and they did. But I will say that one was more. I will say that one was more or less like a 15, 10 to 15 point game for most of it. Okay. Um, so I'll, uh, I'll give a little credit to UTSA. Uh, they didn't, it wasn't exactly a, a, a nail biter. <laughs> yeah. I mean, where do we expect Prairie to finish in the SWAC at this point? I, we are not SWAC experts. I do not have my right. finger on the pulse of the SWAC. I'm, di- I'm just saying last year, them and Texas Southern, like Texas Southern finished what, like fourth last year in the SWAC in the regular season, third, fourth, something like that. They weren't first. Uh, something like first. that. Yeah. Um, right. Uh, I think it might have been, might have been second or third actually. Prairie I think they might have been low though last low. year. Prairie View yeah. was like seventh, I think, something like that. Prairie View was pretty bad last year. So it's like okay, then they lose, you know, the best player. So standard, yeah. And so now. It's like okay, what do we what do we expect from Prairie View? They beat Washington State. They, beat they Washington played. State. They made a game in the end of UTSA, but yeah, I'm not. I don't. So, so that's what that's what that's all. That's all. I'm just I'm just interested in what we think. And they there's there's plenty of games left for PV to to you know, like the Arkansas State game on Friday. I think it's a really interesting game. Like on the road, mm-hmm. you had two days off, so you're not playing those like almost back to backs that you know sometimes they play. Um, mm-hmm. Arkansas State's an interesting game. They should be on a similar talent level, I think. And um, you know that game, the Rice game on uh, next on the thirtieth is kind that, of I'm, I'm gonna be watching that one. That one's I will, gonna be interesting. To me. I think Rice will be favored. Um, sure. I'm gonna take the over in that game, whatever it is. But <laughs> right. but yeah, it's like you know those games. I think will start to tell us 
more and more because this isn't last year's like this isn't that schedule where it's literally you know high major high major high major high major there are games in here that they should be either winning or close to winning um a lot of times so yeah mm-hmm. that's just something to watch i'm interested to see how pv does moving forward um yep. i don't think there's anything let's see texas southern has not they fought with auburn i did see that texas Southern did mm-hmm. so that's always good lost to Sanford, a good Sanford team you know pv schedule is not texas southern schedule texas southern oh, no. schedule texas southern's is, like we are i'm putting my boy to the grind they got Kansas on monday <laughs> so Johnny Jones saying, "Now nah, y'all boys gonna be ready." My conference play. Yeah, Kansas. Yeah, got Kansas, and then they. I will give it to them. They do have JUCO, um, North Carolina A and T, and Hampton as the next three games after Kansas. So, you know, okay, three games of the SWAC kind of caliber where you expect them to win and you know look right. good in those. So we'll we'll be able to pull from those. But yeah, that's it. All right, uh, oh, a long yeah, podcast, but um. Fun, fun podcast for sure. Yeah. Uh, talk to Houston for a bit. Uh, all right. That's it. We'll be back. Um, I don't know when we'll be back. If you want to do, I don't know, Friday or whatever. I know we got high yeah, school. Yeah, we'll see. If it's Friday or Saturday. We'll have to figure that out. If you want to even do, even want to do Sunday. I was about um, to say, it might, might be, Sunday might even be better. Yeah, Sunday might be better. I'll drive back from San. I drive back from a and Well, I go to the AM game on Saturday, AM LSU game on Saturday, mm-hmm. then stay in Houston overnight and then drive back on Sunday. So, yeah, we'll, okay. see. we'll see what we can do. But yeah, that's all we got for y'all today. We hope you all enjoyed it. Subscribe to the YouTube channel, um, leave a like, comment, share. Uh, and if you are listening on the audio side, leave us a five star rating and review wherever you're listening. We appreciate it. Uh, and thank you all for joining us.